Welcome to Have Hope, We'll Travel. When we travel, we get to know people who are different than we are. We hear different perspectives and we better understand others' stories. We learn to stand with people instead of just having opinions on issues. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. Today I'm here with a new friend, Karis Meyer. Karis and I met through a podcasting group that we are both part of. She is the author of Suffering Redeemed, Finding Strength to Endure, Purpose in Pain, and Hope for Tomorrow. Karis and her husband live in Northern Virginia with their kids. Karis, welcome to the show. Thank you. Do you want to share a little bit of the brief version of your story to get us started? Sure. So um, I guess I'll start with my younger years. Um, my parents are missionaries, so we um, moved around a lot. I was born in Chicago, but um, my parents were kind of back and forth from overseas. So we were in Philippines for a while in Singapore. Uh, a little later on, I lived in Costa Rica for a year. Um, but, and then in between was in Minnesota, kind of our, mm-hmm. our home base was Minnesota. So yeah. yeah, I just had a lot of different experiences. Um, in Singapore, we went to a, a British school where there was, was like over 60 different nationalities, wow. you know, in the, within the school, which was yeah. just amazing. I mm-hmm. just, I, I absolutely loved it as a child and thought, um, you know, I just thought that that's how the world was. Like sure. everyone was <laughs> together and ex- and it was just very accepting atmosphere because everyone yeah. was different and that was, right. and that was good. So then moving back to Minnesota where it was quite different was, mm-hmm. um, definitely challenging for me, um, in, in just different ways, sure. but, um, yes, yeah, so I went to high school and went, um, in, in Minnesota and also college graduated with uh, a degree in Christian education yeah. and taught for a year, but realized teaching wasn't really my thing. Um, sure. I actually, I really wanted to do counseling, but uh, thought at the, at, the, at the time I felt like it was too much school. So I decided mm. to, to not do that, but then later on ended up pursuing that. Okay. Um, so anyways, in my last year of college, I met my, my husband, now mm-hmm. husband, who was yeah. a friend of my, of my sister and, um, he was in the military. So we got married in 2006 and, uh, he was stationed in Alaska. So I moved up to Alaska with him and Just go from cold after- to colder, right? I know. <laughs> Couldn't think it get worse than Minnesota, but right from yeah, the Philippines was... to Minnesota to Alaska. Oh goodness! <laughs> and dark, and, and dark. add the darkness yes. on top yes. of it. <clears throat> that was probably more challenging than oh, the I cold bet. for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was another experience. Um, <clears throat> shortly after we got married, though, my husband um, got called to Iraq, and so he was deployed for fifteen months. And oh. um, during that time. I started getting quite ill and couldn't recover. Didn't know what was going on uh, for several months. Uh, lost a lot of weight and just had a lot of different complications, symptoms, and yeah. uh, finally figured out that I had picked up some different parasites while I was in Pakistan six months earlier. Uh, visiting my sister, who was a missionary there, so. Um, so it, yeah, I had to go through several different treatments. It was, it was kind of a, a rare, well, there's a few different parasites that I had. Um, sure. they're quite rare and hard to treat. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was several months 
of treatments. And then from that, I just, I never really recovered from that. I mm. didn't, um, the doctors were like, well, the parasites aren't there anymore, but that kind of had can kind of, um, get into your organs and do damage. And so I had, um, yeah, from then on, I just, I had been very athletic and very sure. active, played yeah. soccer track, you know, and so, you know, 25 years old, sure. all of a sudden being in a body that just did not function well was, mm -hmm. was really hard. And, yeah. um, and then also just having no, not really any answers from the doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but we just, you know, I had, a, I had a solid relationship with the Lord at that time, which I am so thankful for. Yeah. Um, because I really, even from the beginning of the, of this journey with, with chronic illness that I've lived, mm -hmm. it was, it was God that I, that I went to, um, and not to yeah. say that it was easy. Cause I think sure. I, I struggled a lot with questions and wondering why, but anyways, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but, but it's, um, so, so from that point, I, um, the doctors said, well, you're not going to be able to have kids because of some of the things that had, <laughs> I won't mm -hmm. go into all the details, but basically they said, you're not going to be able to have kids. Um, so I went, um, and got my master's in counseling, but towards the end of the program, um, I got pregnant and which was such a blessing because we really wanted kids. And, um, so we had our first son and then ended up <laughs> going back over to Malaysia to visit some other family and got parasites again oh and yeah and it kind of the cycle got worse and um got ended anyways had heart problems kidney problems pancreas mm. problems it just it kind of just went downhill from there ended up yeah. in the hospital wow. on feeding tubes in the cardiac unit um and in between all of this you know i i i had two more kids so we, so we had three kids now um by by miracles by the grace of god yeah. I, I you know we both believe that um but it was it was it was daily life was very challenging um and then and my husband you know he was because in the military he travels a lot you know had another deployment um so just just a lot of uh you know learning how to live in in a weak body taking care of kids um with a husband who's gone a lot, um, and learning how to do that, you know, by the strength of God is really, is really what my journey has been all about. Um, and, and trusting him with the unknowns and the unanswered prayers and things getting worse instead of better, you know, mm -hmm. you know, when we pray for something and then it, it seems like God is, is not, not, he's not even listening, but that things are getting worse. And I, I know that's not the truth that he's, because he, 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 he's always listening to us. He's always, you know, he cares about us so much, but when we look at the circumstances of our life, sometimes it appears that way. Um, mm -hmm. So um, in 2000, let's see, I had my third 2016. So 2017, I started having kind of a new condition where I, my, my legs and my arms went completely numb and I couldn't wow. feel anything. I couldn't walk. I couldn't, basically I was really weak. So I had to go back to the hospital and again, they were trying to figure out what's causing this. Why, you know, why is this happening? Um, and so they never really figured out. And later on, I found out that I had Lyme, Lyme disease, sure. um, but it was just enough, a very, a very, um, 
deep and dark place of like, yeah. I, it's kind of where I hit rock bottom in those, in that year, during that year. And it was then that God really started speaking to me that, that I needed to start writing, mm. which was so interesting because I was thinking like, I don't have it. What am I going to write about? Like right. I, I felt I felt so depleted at that point. I didn't think yeah. I had anything to give other people or, but yeah. I, I, I did, I just started, you know, just writing on my computer, like just keeping a, a journal of what God was teaching me, you know, struggles that I was having questions that I was having. And I mean, I, I just devoured the word of God because I needed, I needed it. You know, it's like, I need to know what God says about this. I need to know, you know, so I just, a lot of it was just working through scripture and, asking God questions and waiting, asking like why, you know, or mm -hmm. how, or, you know, so, um, yeah. and I started, so I started a Facebook group and then I started a blog. And then, um, the beginning of this year, I kind of used a lot of the content that I had written over the, over the years and put it into a book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of sure parts of the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The summary that brings us to where we are now. Can you help us understand a little bit what life is like with chronic illness? So I think, you know, I think it's, it's interesting because a lot of people, you know, when, when there's, um, when somebody is sick or there's a crisis or even a diagnosis, um, it seems like people, um, are quick to, to want to help, you know, and, and, and be there and support, but I think with something that's chronic, it can become tiresome, both for the person who has it, but then also for the people who are supporting, because it's like, you know, um, it, it's, it's hard. It, it's, it's straining. It's a very draining and straining, um, mm -hmm. circumstance. And, um, so it's, I think it, it is, can be isolating, um, because especially for, for me, for someone who, is very aware of not wanting to be a burden to other people and not wanting to come across as complaining. I, I, especially in the beginning years, like I didn't, I didn't really talk about it at all. I didn't want to share with someone because I didn't, I didn't want them to feel like they, like they had to feel sorry for me or, you know, that I was complaining. Cause I, I would often compare my suffering. I'm like, well, there are people around the world who are suffering so much more than I am, you know, so who am I to complain about this? Um, which I know is not necessarily the right mindset to have, but that's just kind of how I was raised and kind of the circumstances that we lived in a lot. I just sure. saw a lot worse things. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so, so I think, I think it can be isolating. I think it can become, um, something that the person identifies himself at, like it, it become part of their identity. So for me, I've really had to struggle with, you know, my, my identity is not someone who is sick. Like I have illness, but that's not, that's not who I am. You know, that's not, um, that doesn't limit me. I mean, in some ways it does from what I can do, but not, you know, my, the, 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 the core of, of my right. being, um, yeah which I think people who have certain different diagnosis, you know, it can become a part of a part of them. It's hard to kind of detach that mm. and live and live certain things because you, you feel um, imprisoned by that, sure. um, which I've, de I've definitely felt myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's just, 
oftentimes I, I feel like I have so many ideas and things that I want to do. And I just feel trapped in my body. I'm like, I just, especially, you know, there's some days where I just think, Oh, I get all these plans. Like, Oh, I could do this. Or I, you know, I just have such a heart too, for, for wanting to serve, serve God. And, and even, um, with the counseling and, and different things, but I've had to really scale a lot of things back because my body can't handle what most people's can. And so I have to have more rest. I have to, I, I just have to be really careful, you know, about how mm-hmm. I sleep, about how I eat, about just, <clears throat> so just takes yeah. a lot more intentionality. Um, and it's not just that you wouldn't have to think about, I think if you were healthy. Sure. How does it affect different aspects of your life? I would say it, it affects every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think the thing that I've been most concerned about over the years is how it affects my children. Mm. Um, because, you know, I, I don't want them to feel, you know, I, especially my, my older two who are very sensitive, very in tune with other people. Um, and I've, I've seen them anxious. I've seen them worried about me at different times when I've been in the hospital or when, you know, things have gotten bad. Um, and so I just, yeah, I've worried. I'm like, or, or like, what if, what if um, they struggle in their faith because they don't see God answering prayers, you know, things like that, that I just, mm-hmm. um, but on the other hand, I've also seen how they have really grown in compassion and loving people and wanting to pray for people who are sick and, and really aware of other people's needs where a Mm -hmm. lot of kids, um, aren't like that, you know, they're, they're more self-centered. And so I can see, even though there's a lot of hard things and it's, and, and because of my condition, you know, it's limited what we, what we've been able to do with a family, but I think it's also opened up opportunities, um, that are good, it impacts so many things, like even my relationship with my husband and, and what we can do. Like we used to enjoy going out to, for meals, but my, I have such a limited diet because of what I've been through that we can't really go out to eat anymore, which is a small thing, but, um, but it's just, you know, sometimes it's the small things that, that make it hard, you know, Mm -hmm. and you feel, um, or like if, if I go out to a, a Christmas party or something, you know, and, um, it's amazing how much food is just so much part of our, our culture, yeah. you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and so just missing out on things like that, which I don't feel like it's not for me, it's not really like, Oh, I can't, you know, um, like I miss the food so much is just like the, the social kind of yeah. normalcy that it brings to be able to celebrate in that way with someone. Right. Um, so that's part of it. And I, I think, I think really just, feeling the the fatigue and the it's it's a constant distraction I guess is what I would say you know so so whereas um when I'm doing anything you know whether it be making a meal or or trying to write a blog or something you know Mm -hmm. I just I I think my my body and the things that are going on you know I just it's just it's it's always kind of taking some of the energy, taking some of the concentration that I would want to be pouring into whatever I'm doing fully. And, it, and at times it's worse than others. So, so I've had to learn how to, um, yeah, just how to, to give myself grace and not push myself and, and try to 
surrender to God and say, okay, God, maybe I, I'm pushing too hard and I need to submit, surrender this to you. Um, and so, yeah, yeah I, I'll just share that for now, I guess. Yeah. So you talked earlier about being able to separate your illness from yourself. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that process looks like or any advice you have for somebody walking through an illness or something different like that? So something that I started doing several years ago when I was really, I think I had a lot of shame. Um, I was carrying a lot of shame and guilt because I was sick. And I think as a Christian, especially because I know God can heal and mm. um, I've seen him heal other, other people and, um, and, you know, people out of the, probably just <laughs> trying to help, you know, you know, have asked things like, Oh, do you have enough? Do you, are you sure you have enough faith or things like that? You know? And I, and so I've had a struggle with like, just feeling like the condemnation maybe yeah. and trying to push that away and, yeah. and, and the shame of like, why, why, you know, is God punishing me? Which I know again, it's not the truth, but when you're living in something, the truth is hard, is, is hard. it gets conflicted with how, it, what's going on internally and how you start to feel um, when something is chronic like that. And so a lot of it is just, for me, was, was needing to, to speak the truth about who God says I am, about, um, you know, and kind of replacing that with being very intentional about when those thoughts start coming up in my mind about, you know, whether guilt or shame or, um, you know, thinking less of myself because I can't do this or that or whatever, mm -hmm. um, or comments people make, you know, not, not trying to be mean, but just, um, because they don't understand basically, you know, so just a lot of things, but I think, a lot of it is just being intentional about replacing the, the, those thoughts with the truth from God's word. And for me, it's been really helpful to write those down and speak them out loud and memorize verses about, um, my identity and who God says I am. And I think it's just, it's something that has to be repeated constantly because there's always negative thoughts. There's always, I mean, there, there's always going to be lies that are going to be coming at us, you know, or coming up that we have to fight, um, no matter who you are, you know, different, different areas of your life that, that become, um, that become hard to, to resist when it's, when it's, um, a cycle. Yeah, for sure. How has it affected your relationship with God? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I, <laughs> I remember reading back in, as I've, I'm someone who have, you know, like enjoys writing. I, I keep journals and kind of writing out prayers and kind of um, what God's teaching me. <clears throat> but I remember looking back at some of my journals from before I got sick and just like my early twenties. And I, I had such a, um, it was just a very sweet, like innocent kind of like relationship with God. I think it was just very easy for me to just, um, I don't know. I think of it as like, kind of like the early romance in a, in a relationship. <laughs> like it was just like, I was just so sweet. You know, I just enjoyed yeah. God's presence. Like it was just, he was so loving. It was just um, very easy for me to accept all his promises. And, and, um, but I think, you know, it's the, the, the struggle that I've had to um, go through um, in this process 
has really matured my relationship with God. And, um, and I've, I've learned a deeper dependence. Definitely. I think, I, I don't think it's, it's comfortable. Cause I would like, sometimes it feels like the desperation that I have for mm-hmm. God and for the word is, is to, is, um, it's like out of my control, you know, cause I, I, I w- would like to feel more, um, more in control myself, but I think, I think it's brought me to a level of, of deeper surrender and letting go. Um, and also of humility of really, you know, recognizing that he's God and that I, I don't, I don't understand. There's so many things that I see, you know, in his word that don't necessarily match up right now in my life, but that doesn't mean it's not true, Mm. you know? And, 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 and so I'm going to keep believing what God says and what his word says, even if I haven't experienced the fullness of that yet. And, um, I think that just, um, it takes, it takes, you know, just the, the daily dying to self, you know, to get to, to a place where you can say, okay, God, this is really hard, but you're still good. I'm going to stay, mm-hmm. I'm going to say you're still good. Um, even though it, this does not feel good. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I would say it's definitely, um, been good, but it's also definitely been very challenging. Sure. I can see how it'd be really challenging because of what you're reading and what you're experiencing are feeling like two different things. Mm-hmm. and figuring out, okay, God is good, but my circumstances sure aren't good. Um, mm-hmm. And trying to reconcile those together. And then we as Christians, as good intentioned as we are, sometimes things just don't come across the way that we mean them to. So let's talk about things that are intended to be supportive and actually aren't. And then we'll flip it and talk about things that actually are supportive, but there's kind of a bigger need for them. Yeah. That is such a great question. I'm I'm so glad you asked that. I and and the, the my book I actually the last chapter is called For the Loved Ones because I've had a lot of people over the years like ask me write write something for people who are trying to support because I often wrote yeah. you know for people who are suffering but sure. there's a lot of people who are like I wanna I wanna know how to support someone mm-hmm. who is suffering and um and it's something my my husband has asked me a lot to and struggled with cuz he's like I don't know how to help you you know mm-hmm. um so you know i i think what i found is you know there's so many people who really do care and they want to help but they like they just for one they're they're uncomfortable i think a lot of people are uncomfortable suffering so if if someone asks like you know how are you doing and and like, oh, I'm, it's really, really bad. I'm struggling with whatever, you know, whether it be mental health or grief mm-hmm. or um, physical or trauma or whatever. Um, I think a lot of people in, in my experience too, is like, they just kind of freeze up and then just try to avoid, you know, like change a subject or mm-hmm. just kind of kind of tiptoe and, tr- you know, don't know what to do. Um, and I think in that moment, the uh, that that can be very difficult for that person because they feel like, oh, maybe nobody wants to hear, you know, so then they kind of mm-hmm. shut down and it feels yeah. like they're, they're just trying to, like other people are just trying to avoid them, which is not necessarily true. That's just kind of how it comes across. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, just avoiding the person is probably not a good thing. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, 
you know, another thing I think is just making very simple or trying to um, offer like very easy, like suggestions or like answers, um, Mm -hmm. which again, I know, I know in my experience, you know, people, people really want to help and they want solutions. They want to offer solutions. So for me personally, I've had so many people offer, you know, this herbal remedy and and yeah. this diet and this and this and this, which is not, I'm not saying it's bad because sometimes it can really help people. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when it's, I think that's when the, what, like the first go-to and then you just kind of like, that's all you have. Then it, that can feel kind of, I don't know. It just, it feels like they're just trying to throw a, throw a solution at you sure. and if it doesn't work. Then that's, that's too bad. Um, and cause, cause me personally, I've, I've tried so many things, oh, sure. you know, mm-hmm. and I've prayerfully considered it, but at the same time, it's hard to know, you know, it's cause some things do help some people and some things don't. And, um, and it's just something that we have to kind of, um, handle with care. Yeah. But, um, and then, and just, I think making judgments too, without mm. knowing the full situation, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying just like, like, oh, well you're, you're sinning. So you're sick, but people have said that in different words to me. Um, yeah. and, and yeah, I, I admit I'm a sinner, you know, and, <laughs> but I know God doesn't punish us. I mean, there, there are consequences to sin. Yes. But I don't, I don't believe we get punished. Um, like God doesn't punish us for our sins. You know, I think Jesus did that on the cross. Um, and so, but I think the, 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 the comments sometimes we can make, um, especially to someone who's very sensitive and going through something very difficult can be taken, um, as judgment and it can, it, it can make someone who's already feeling, um, guilty or shameful, um, just make it worse, you know, yeah. and spiral down into depression or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I think on the flip side is, you know, just trying to, trying to get informed on the, on the person's situation, whatever it is, asking questions. I think, I don't think, I mean, unless a person says, I don't want to talk about it. I think trying to ask questions and listening is probably the best place to start. Just mm. simply, you know, just, just asking follow-up questions, trying to, trying to put yourself in that person's shoes to see, you know, what, what it's like, what, what are they going mm-hmm. through? What, um, and in that process, you will find, probably figure out what their needs are. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they just need someone to be with them, you know, mm-hmm. to, to not feel alone. Um, maybe it's not even talking, maybe it's just, you know, spending an, an hour together watching something or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, just simple things that, um, I think can make a huge difference when you're, when you're, when you're struggling. Um, and then, and I think you, even asking specifically, asking the person, you know, well, how, how can I help? You know, it's not always a meal. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, if someone dies, they throw all these meals at them, which again, it's not a bad thing, but maybe there's other things that would be more helpful, right. if, you know, that right. I think when we, when we ask and genuinely follow through that can speak so much. I mean, sometimes it's just a practical thing that person needs and, mm-hmm. um, again, going back to the listening and the, and the providing the, the empathy, the, um, feeling with the person is, is probably the biggest, the biggest thing. And, yeah. and not in a way that, that is like, Oh, poor you, you know, like showing them right. pity because that's not what, 
I don't think anyone wants to be shown pity, right. at least for me. Like, that's why I didn't tell people. Cause I was like, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way that's, that's more of a, 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 a an arm of support, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be here with you no matter yeah. what. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I know that it's hard, right. To be able to yeah. be like, I know that somebody's trying to help, but it's really not helpful. It's making it worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. so thank you for um, being willing to say, Hey, this is actually not helpful. And then being able to offer some, this would actually be helpful ideas too. Yeah. So we talked about how like God doesn't punish us for our sins. Jesus has already paid for that. Um, but yet still there is suffering. Do you think that there's a purpose in that suffering or that suffering is redeemable? What are your thoughts? It's something I have really, really struggled with. Um, I think I, (laughs) I've looked a lot at suffering. I've studied suffering a lot, Mm. um, in the Bible and, you know, I used to think, you know, if, if I was suffering for something that was, you know, if I was being persecuted for my faith and suffering because of it, that would be worth it. You know, that would be purposeful. It would be obvious. It would, I mean, Jesus even says we will be persecuted for our faith, you know? And so, um, but you know, the more I, more I studied it and the more I was living (laughs) through it, I, Mm -hmm. I, I do believe that, that God will not waste any of our suffering when we are living, um, when we are offering it to him and living in a path of obedience to Jesus, that, that our lives, he's, he's not going to waste any of what we go through. I think, mm-hmm. I do believe he, he will redeem every aspect of it. Um, and, and again, I don't know how that's going to play out and how that's going to look for me personally. I have seen, I've definitely seen some of the the fruit of suffering, both personally and my own sanctification, um, in my family, also in, in the outreach of, of reaching out to other people who are suffering and in being able to share the gospel with other people, Mm -hmm. just because it comes up, you know, because people ask, um, and then I'm able to share. So, um, yeah, I used to think like, oh, I want, I want a testimony of healing so I can tell everyone like how Jesus healed me. Um, which is great. You know, a lot of people have those testimonies and and God uses that, but he also uses testimonies of people who are suffering and continue to follow him Mm. when, when we don't get the healing, um, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people turn away because God is not who they think he should be in their lives when he doesn't do what they think, you know, they just can't, they just can't, you know, put together the the evil in the world with a good God. And so, But I, I do think, yes, I, I believe that um, there are purposes and even even gifts. I have a chapter towards the end of my book about the, the yeah. gifts, the unexpected gifts that we can sometimes miss, you mm. know, unless we, we are looking for them, unless we are, sure. you know, willing to look past. Because I think sometimes when we're suffering, we're so focused on the one thing or things that we're missing and that we want, it's, it's easy to forget the hugeness of the other blessings that God has given us, you know, not, not just physical, but eternal, which is much huger than, you know, the Mm -hmm. physical and long lasting. So, yeah. 
So tell us about your book. I know you've studied suffering a lot and now you've written a book called Suffering Redeemed. Tell us a little bit about what prompted you to write it and what's it about? As I shared a little bit earlier, I it was actually in the middle of the night one night and I just felt like God was telling me to start writing. And um, after a few weeks I did. And so it was really just kind of, a, I felt like it was a prompting um, to to write. And I didn't, at that point, I didn't really know what it was going to be. Um, I did use some of the content in, in a Facebook group I had started called Suffering Well, and then a blog. Um, but a lot of it was just questions that I had, um, working through, um, you know, moments of, of despair, of um, questioning my faith, even like, you know, just very, very um, deep things that were going on internally. But a lot of times God uh, would, would speak very clearly through the word, um, give me you know, a series of things. And I would just, so I would just start writing, you know, just, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, and a lot too was just um, things that were going on in my life. Like I would see like situations that I think God was just working through that I was able to write um, some, some more like personal stories. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it was just my own personal struggle, struggling and processing. Um, and then at the beginning of this year, um, I, yeah, I just was like, well, I, I had, I had almost a hundred pages that I had written and I was like, you know, I, I could write a book. And so just started the process of learning how to do that basically yeah. and putting it together. And, um, it was, it was, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a lot of work. Um, but yeah, it's just, so I, so I cover, some of it, there's some personal stories, but a lot of it is just, um, a lot of the, the things it's not, it's not, um, only for, for chronic illness. It's, it's sure. kind of a very broad book on suffering. And, and so I talk about like the intimacy with God that, that comes through suffering, um, living in this, this in between the, the already mm -hmm. not yet of God's kingdom. Talk some about that. Yeah talk about the purposes in suffering, um, learning how to suffer well. Like, so how do we, when, when we're struggling with something for a long term, like, how do we, how do we do that in a way that pleases God and where we can mm -hmm. live fully, even when our lives aren't what we would want them to be. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, there's just a lot of different things that I cover in it, but, um, that's, that's kind of, so I it, it launched, um, uh, end of October, end of October. And where mm -hmm. can we find it? So it's on Amazon right now. Okay. Um, so it's, yeah, there's the Kindle is still at 99 cents and it's paperback. And then uh, my my website is karismeyer.com. And you okay. can also go there, you know, see my blog. There's information on the book and um, some other things on there too. So Wonderful. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. What advice do you have for those who are suffering or struggling with hope? I think one of the biggest things is to to remember the bigger picture that we mm. live in for all of us, especially people who are in suffering. It can become a very tunnel vision type thing where it's it's easy to get self focused and um, and it takes a lot of needing to to look back to God to keep our eyes on Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. There's actually this. Um, Something I wrote, I read this morning was in Psalm 
16, 8, it says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Mm. And I was just thinking about what a good verse that is. Like just, we have to always keep our eyes on the Lord. And it's only by keeping our eyes on him that we won't be shaken. Cause there's so many things in this life that's going to, that are going to shake us. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things is to remember God's God's greater plan and purpose and that we are our, our stories each of our stories is going to fit into that in a, in his perfect way but we're not going to know the whys a lot yeah. we're not going to know you know the his ways are so much higher than ours and and we we just might not know the answers and mm-hmm. um so that's I think that's part of it and then and then also just the importance of of standing on the promises that God has given us in his word and, and believing them and declaring them, even when like, for me, a lot of times I'm like, I don't, I don't feel this. I don't necessarily see this, but this is what God's word says. So I'm going to keep saying it, you know, I'm going to keep, and and I think it's, it's such a a life giving thing when we are able to, to dwell upon those things, because whatever we're thinking about, whatever we're dwelling on, that's, that's what's kind of what going to come out of us, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to, um, our minds, our brains are such a powerful part of who we are and, and our whole bodies, you know, kind of follow that lead. So I think just yeah. learning how to keep, keep the focus of our mind in a place that is, you know, like, like Philippians mm-hmm. four, eight says, you know, just on all the good, all the good things, yeah. not, not on all the negative things. Yeah. Oh, I wish it were easy. <laughs> I know, right? Wish that we're just one of those like, oop, oop, done, mastered it. <laughs> what have I not asked you that you want to share about? There's times, I think, through the, my struggle where it has gotten so hard where I felt like I wanted to turn away from God, mm. you know? And I... Yeah. Um, cause I'm like, well, I've, you know, I've tried it. God, you're not, you're not answering. You're not, you're not there. Um, but I just think about, you know, and John, I think we're, I think it's John six where the disciples, you know, Jesus is asking his disciples, like, well, are you, are you going to turn away? Like, cause this is a hard teaching about the mm-hmm. communion. And they're like, Jesus, where else would we go? There's nowhere mm-hmm. else to go. And I, yeah. I feel like that too, because, there really is no other, I mean, God is really the only foundation that is going to be rock solid and that we can always turn to and who's going to be faithful. And I have learned through the Psalms really how to pour out my heart to God, how to relate to him in a way that, um, is real. Um, and that, that I really have learned how to find intimacy. Um, I think in the beginning of this struggle, I was afraid so afraid to like dishonor him or to say the wrong thing that I didn't really share very honestly, even though it sounds funny because I know God knows everything anyways, but, but it's, he just, he wants us to pour our hearts to him. He wants us to come to him first. He wants us to, to be real with him. And, uh, and there's such beauty in that. Um, And so just don't, don't lose, don't miss that opportunity to, to find, um, comfort and God in those moments. Mm, That's good. That's really good. What do you wish everyone knew? I just, I love, 
I love the the verse. I forget where it is, but where it says, you know, God is for you. Um, it's in the Psalms. But anyways, just to remember that God is is for you, that yeah. God is is for us, and mm-hmm. in Jesus, like we we already have the victory, and mm-hmm. and, and so you know, we, there's always hope. There's always, even on the days, you know, I, where I have felt hopeless at the end of the day, I, I remember, you know, and I come back to, and like his mercies are new every morning, you know? So just like this, the continual patience and kindness of God that keeps pursuing us. Um, and that, that we're, yeah, just that, that he won't, he won't stop. Um, as long as we are willing to keep going back to him. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's so good. Karis, would you be willing to pray for us? Yes. I would love so. to. So Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God who is so passionate about loving, loving us as your children and each person who is listening here, God, you know, their situation. God, you know every detail of their lives, of their lives and everything they have been through. And so God, I just I just pray for each one, God, and God that you will speak to them in the way that they need to hear from you today. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you are so faithful. God, I thank you that you are so good, and I pray, Lord, that we will continue to see your goodness in the land of the living, Lord, as it says in Psalm 27, Lord, that I believe that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So be strong and take heart and believe that God will do it. So God, mm-hmm. we just, we, we, I just speak that over each person, God, that you will increase their faith, increase their belief and God, that we could see you um, and keep our eyes fixed on you who is the author and finisher of each of our stories in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I love getting to see people's intimacy with God when they're willing to pray out loud. (laughs) Thank you. Absolutely. So I've got one final question for you. Okay. So here on the show, we are always learning new things. That's part of hearing somebody else's perspective is learning something that we didn't know before. And I would love to hear what's something you've learned recently. Hmm. So I have been doing a lot of um, research on like the brain and neuroscience because mm-hmm. there's just been so much. Um, well, there's just been a lot of studies on it recently, yeah. and um, which I just find fascinating. Um, but there's 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 some, there's a lot of science that shows, you know, how, how the, the brain impacts so many different aspects of our bodies, basically. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, but one of the things that I learned in, in, in one of the studies is that, um, let's see, anxiety and, and gratitude or like Thanksgiving, um, cannot coexist in the brain. So the, Mm. the word that I had chose for this past year was gratitude, like just trying to practice gratitude. And, um, I just, so, so I, so I think it's just so cool that, that God 
you know, he tells us to be thankful always and to pray continually and to, um, to not be anxious, but, but that he created us to have brains that when we are practicing gratitude, when we are giving thanks that we can't, we can't be anxious Mm. (laughs) at the same time. And so I don't know, that just gave me more, um, inspiration, I guess, to, to do it more because, um, it takes care of the anxiety then. Right. Well, and I wonder how much of that is the opposite. Like I'm hearing this for the first time, so I'm just processing it as I learn it. Like if you are anxious, not that it's impossible, but like that it's really, really hard to be grateful, which I think just from my own processing is why when people are like, just be grateful and list your way out of it or like be thankful your way out of whatever mental illness you're walking through. Like that's not going to solve it. No, here it's like scientifically (laughs) not going to solve it. It may help if you can, but it's not, it's not, that's not the fix. No. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, Karis, thank you so much for your time today, for your willingness to share your story and your perspective um, to educate us on what's actually helpful and what's not at all helpful um, and to help us understand a little bit more about what your life looks like on a daily basis. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. Absolutely. As always, a big thanks for listening. Be sure to connect with Karis at karismeyer.com. I would love to connect with you as well. You can find me at katieaxelson.com. I've got some resources for you there on how to have better conversations with people in your everyday world. Use what you've learned on the show and learn something new about somebody else you already know. For another story of strength and hope, check out episode 78, where Anna Maria Trump shares her story of a dysfunctional upbringing and how she has grown to overcome perfectionism and become an empowerment coach. My friend, know that you too are an overcomer. I don't know what your story has brought you. I mean, maybe I do, maybe we've talked about it, but, but maybe we haven't. And I know that you are an overcomer and that you are stronger than you think you are. You are valued, you are seen, you are known, and you are blessed. We'll see you again soon. Love you, friend.